Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, finally, the Biden tapes. Everybody in the media wants to run away from him and pretend, <laughs> pretend this isn't happening. No, no, we, we only have the tapes of Biden engaging in a quid pro quo with Ukrainians. But let's just pretend they're not happening. Don't worry, you'll get them here. We do actual um, news here. We're reasonably comfortable putting them out there now, given that the Biden campaign is acknowledged. And I got that. I got more on the Flynn case, including a terrific piece I teased yesterday by Lee Smith, showing you the background of why Mike Flynn, it's, it's almost like a James Bond story. Why Mike Flynn, General Flynn, as a former high-ranking intelligence official in the U.S. government, became public enemy number one of the Obama administration. It's good. You're not going to want to miss that. Got that. And I've got some more really horrible information for the pathetic, now totally discredited, lock it down or we're all going to die crowd. People are dying. And now the proof is starting to surface. All right. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Sorry to start on that somber note on a great Friday. It's a terrible lead into Joe's always enthusiastic Friday greeting, but we need it anyway. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's, fine, sir. it's Friday. Yeah. There you go. Joe in it with an un- unusually excited Friday yeah. in his best 1970s game show voice, which he just cannot seem to shake from his 50 plus <laughs> years in the, uh, in Thanks, the radio pal. industry. Uh, <laughs> And one more note, a quick programming note. I will be on The Five today on the Fox News channel at 5 right. p.m. Eastern time, co-hosting. You're not going to want to miss that. Probably be some fireworks there. And my Sidney Powell interview from last night is up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino and up on Apple Podcasts. Listen to it. She has some really big bombshells about halfway through about the this August timeframe. Good stuff. Check that out. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile has gone above and beyond to help Americans stay in touch with loved ones during this difficult time by lowering their prices even further, if you can believe it. Right now, the U.S.-based team is standing by to design your customized family mobile plan starting at only $25. Come on. There you go. What's the excuse now? There's no reason not to change. Patriot Mobile shares your values. They won't charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they're not going to send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes we don't agree with. Get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that shares your values, supports our constitution, and puts people before profits. And the service is fantastic. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number. Bring your own phone or buy a new one. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, they will waive your activation, plus send you a free gift with the offer code DAN, D-A-N, my first name. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Do it today. Or visit patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Get your customized family mobile plan today, starting at just $25 at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. A little late on the bell there, buddy. What's the deal there? Hey, getting rather picky, (laughs) aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, sticky fingers there. All right, so I said to it, I've been teasing this for the last three days uh, because we wanted to be confident that these tapes were, in fact, authentic. Now, I cannot speak for how much they've been edited, what's been cut out. I can speak for the fact that at least people on the Biden team are acknowledging their existence. It's been reported on by a number of other media outlets, and we've done our best to authenticate them by corresponding with people who've married them up with the dates of release calls. And these calls appear to be at this point genuine. Now, a little background on why this is a controversy. I'll make it quick, but it is critical because this is the man right now, Joseph Biden, who is the de facto nominee for president for the Democrats, obviously. Also, he was Barack Obama's vice president. Now, what was President Trump impeached for? President Trump was impeached for a fake quid pro quo, quo, spit it out, scandal that didn't exist where he's alleged to have discussed with the Ukrainian president on a phone call and said, hey, I need information on Biden or we're not going to give you military aid. Of course, none of that happened because we have the transcript for the phone call. So just to be clear, quid pro quo, Latin for something for something, or you give me this, I'll give you that, a tit for tat deal. The Democrats impeached the president of the United States over a tit for tat deal they allege was illicit That never happened. The military aid arrived. The Ukrainians were never the victims because they said so. They said we never felt any pressure to give President Trump any information on Joe Biden. And what the president allegedly asked for about Biden never happened. You can't have a this for that where there's no that. And even the this was in question. 
So to establish the ground rules here, the Democrats, and I'm again I'm telling you for the umpteenth thousandth time, the Democrats have no principles at all, zero. Their alleged principles and the reason they impeach Trump is because if you're in a position of power like the president was, and you are, air quotes, pressuring a foreign leader like the Ukrainian president to do something that would benefit you in exchange for an official action like giving military aid, this for that, Joe, that's worthy of impeachment. And according to the Democrats' alleged principles, that's really, really bad. There you go. An official act? For some, I'm just saying, I'm just telling you what they're telling you. Right. Please, media people, uh, shorthand, liberal activists, full-time, please explain to me where I'm wrong. You're saying it's so bad we should overthrow the government and impeach the president of the United States because promising an official act, military aid, for something that would personally benefit you, uh, an investigation into Biden, which they believe would be uh, Trump's political opponent, and it turned out to be prescient and true, that is really bad. So bad, we should get rid of the president. Apparently, a tit-for-tat is so bad, you should get rid of the president. But don't worry. If it's a tit-for-tat Joe Biden engaged in, not only should you not get rid of him, you should vote for him and make him president. I'm just asking you, the judge has ruled. Please explain to me what part of my analysis using a Logic 101 class from your freshman year of college. Remember the modus tollens and modus ponens? But modus ponens. Please explain to me where my logic fails. You impeach the president, suggesting that tit for tats, quid pro quos was so bad, you should get rid of a president that was elected. Now you've got evidence I'm going to play now of Vice President Biden in an official act demanding the firing of a prosecutor, Victor Shokin, in Ukraine, who is investigating the company his son works for, Burisma. He's on tape now demanding this firing. And the key part of what you're about to hear is he's talking to the Ukrainian president. Again, you're not going to hear any of this under me. They're not interested. So the this is, hey, fire the prosecutor. The that is, I get a personal favor because if they fire the prosecutor, they won't be investigating the company my son works for in Ukraine anymore. Now, what's the Democrat's story on this, Ben? The Democrat media tagline, this is very important, has been from the start, Oh, no, 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 no. Joe Biden, who bragged on tape about demanding this prosecutor investigating his son's company be fired. Joe Biden was only demanding that because the prosecutor was corrupt. Oh, he, 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 he was? That's interesting because that's, 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 that's not what this tape plays here. That's not what this tape says. I want you to listen to this. Here is Joe Biden. Thank you to producer Joe for cleaning this up. This audio was atrocious. Joe had to do some serious magic act on this. This is real. The content's not edited. It's made listenable. But I want you to listen to President Poroshenko's response when he talks about this alleged corruption of Shokin. Check this out. The third, I have uh, some positive and negative news. I will start with the okay. positive news. We're good. Joe, I have a second positive news for you. Yesterday, I met me with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. In, uh, as his... Uh, position as a state person and despite of the fact that he has a support in the parliament and as a finish of my meeting with him he promised me to give me the statement on, on resignation and one hour ago he bring me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. Uh, again, Joe didn't manipulate that content. I can't tell you how it's edited and where it's cut off. I can only tell you the acknowledgement of these tapes is now that they are, in fact, authentic, and it is Biden. But no one's alleging this conversation didn't happen. Did you hear what just happened on tape? 
Again, are you even mildly curious why this isn't an international bombshell right now? The answer is it is. It's just being hidden by the media. Joe Biden is on tape now. Let me translate, because again, even though Joe cleaned up the audio, it's still hard to hear. You yeah. got to hear the original version. Ooh. The original version was Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> okay. The president, who speaks good English, but mildly broken, President Poroshenko of Ukraine, is on the phone with Joe Biden while he's the vice president. This is February of 2016, the alleged date of this call. And he says, I have second piece of good news for you. I asked the prosecutor general's office for his resignation. And, and, despite not having any information about corruption at all, you hear him say it? Despite having any information about corruption, he gave me this letter of uh, resignation. And what is Joe Biden's response? Great, great. I'm, 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 I'm a little confused here. So Donald Trump, who's on the phone with the Ukrainians about known Biden family corruption, asks them to look into it. Known corruption with our prior government. No, we know these people. We know the corruption was deep. They allege there's a quid pro quo that doesn't exist in that call. No military aid was upheld. So there is no this for that. And you impeach the president. I can't say this enough. Those were your principles, right? Your alleged principles. You now have a this for that on tape. Joe Biden demanding the firing of the prosecutor general. The president Poroshenko from Ukraine agreeing to it. Poroshenko acknowledging there's no reason to fire him other than Biden's request. He says there's, we don't have any information on his corruption. Remember, we were told, no, no, they demanded the firing of prosecutors to be corrupt. That's not what Poroshenko says on the tape. We don't have any information about his corruption. Any information. And Biden responds, great. Ladies and gentlemen, how is this not totally disqualifying? You just told us this is the kind of stuff you remove a president over. Now you're going to not only not remove it, you're going to remove the guy who did nothing wrong for the guy who did on tape and vote for him? Folks, I said to you yesterday, and I meant it. Got a lot of feedback on yesterday's show, a lot. 90% positive, 10% thought I was a little angry yesterday. I was, you're not wrong. I always appreciate your feedback. It's your show's for you. But I have to be real and authentic. That's what matters first. This country as we know it, I'm sorry, is coming to an end. I, it pains me to say it. Again, I ran a pack one time called Seed No Ground where I thought the fight was legitimately in blue states. I'm sorry, but I've woken up from that myth. You have two distinct groups of people in America right now. You have a group of people that believes in socialism, tyranny, speech suppression, tech tyranny, abuse of the private uh, free market to, uh, to target people, abuse of government power to target people like Mike Flynn, the abuse of government power to spy on people. That is now the liberal movement. It's not all Democrats, but it's about probably 30 to 40% of the party, which is non-savable. They're not. They are utter tyrants. And I'm serious. They are a danger to you. They will put you out of business. They will bankrupt you. They will spy on you. It's all happened. This isn't a conspiracy theory. These are things that have already happened due to them. They will impeach a president over a fake charge and a quid pro quo charge. And even though you have a quid pro quo on tape with their nominee, they will actively go out and campaign for him. These are unprincipled people. There is no, as I said yesterday, there will be no rapprochement here. There isn't going to be some, you know, deus ex machina moment where it all, and everybody wakes up and we're all hugging each other, singing Kumbaya. That's not going to happen. I'm really sorry to say that. And I know a lot of conservatives would disagree with me, suggesting, you know, we've been through worse. We have been through a lot. But ladies and gentlemen, the, there was no guarantee on the other side of what we've been through in the past was going to work. And I'm not sure there's any guarantee at all this is going to work out now. They are actively supporting a guy we now know is on tape doing exactly what they tried to get rid of Trump for. Now, in case you had any doubts about, by the way, I, I and, and I'm, I'm trying to make this not personal after yesterday's because I don't like two angry shows in a row, but I'll, I'll say this in the nicest way possible. From what I know about Joe Biden, 
Joe Biden is really not a very bright guy. I'm not kidding. He's not dumb. He's just, at best, I'm not kidding. This is not meant to be, it's meant to be an, an analytical statement, not a personal attack. Joe Biden is at best of average intelligence. I, I say that because I've said that about myself. I've, I've, I've said it on this show many times. Joe, have I not? I've said, listen, people yeah. always email me. Oh, Dan, thank you. You know a lot about the issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I am of average IQ. I just do a lot of homework. And I do a lot of homework because I want to make sure I know everything about a topic. And sometimes it takes me longer to digest stuff. I am not, I believe me, I'm not a Mensa student. I, am, I have no problem telling you that. I'm a really hard worker. I was an average baseball player. I made myself pretty good because I worked really hard. And I have a good work ethic. I'm telling you, said Joe Biden is not a very smart guy. He is frequently outclassed by people around him. And what he does is he engages in these lies to make up for it. I have six different degrees. I graduated. None of that's actually true. And unlike Trump, who has a record of business success, guy turned $10 million into a billionaire. Maybe, maybe lost a lot of times too, but most businessmen do. They win, they lose. Warren Buffett just lost a fortune on investments in the airlines. Unlike having an actual record to speak of, Joe Biden has none. So he engages in lies and constant puffery to make up for his intellectual inadequacy. Why am I bringing that up now? Because this man is so not bright that he knows what he did with Poroshenko, that he pressured the Ukrainian president into firing a prosecutor investigating his son's company. And he went out later, as we can see from this video, Paula was kind enough to retrieve from our archive. He went out later after he left the vice, president, vice presidency and actually bragged about it, bragged about a, an overtly corrupt action. And I'm telling you, he did it because he's just not that smart. Listen to this. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a smart man. And you may not vote That's for smart or intellectual, but that's fine. I mean, seriously, some of the... I'm sure we've had some good presidents throughout history whose IQs weren't off the chart, but this is a very dopey individual. He's on a recorded call with the Ukrainian president demanding a prosecutor be fired, who the president acknowledges on the call. They have no information. He's corrupt at all. Who happens to be investigating his kid, and then he goes and brags about it later. This is a very dumb man. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. All right, let me move on. Um, I, more on Biden here. This is... This, this, this ventures into the just, it's a Friday show. So let's get to like, this is almost coming up. This is not made up. This is not my effort at comedy. Um, for as funny as Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo are, I love them. I'm not as funny as them. I can't do it. Uh, but this is an actual invitation to a fundraiser, a Joe Biden fundraiser. It's not a joke. It's not a parody. I didn't have Joe whip this up in Photoshop. Who is headlining a fundraiser for the Biden Victory Fund? <laughs> Put up this, put that up if you don't. Fireside chat, Joe, with Andrew Weissman. Please join Andrew Weissman for a, a virtual fireside. So just to be clear, again, liberals have, I'm not expecting to convince. I just said to you, police state libs, we share nothing in common. There will be no peace pipe smoking. The country is permanently divided. Liberals love police state tyranny, speech suppression, government spying, abuse of power. They, they, they embrace it. There's no reason to try to convince a liberal any of this is wrong because they love it. Andrew Weissman, who was the lead lieutenant on Bob Mueller's corrupt probe into the president, who's supposed to be an impartial prosecutor with the massive powers of the U.S. government behind him. Andrew Weissman is now headlining a fundraiser for Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he's and he doesn't see anything wrong with it. And frankly, either do the leftists. Now, you're sane. You're watching my show. You're like, this is in, this is crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine, Joe? Just imagine. 
Yeah. And again, I don't expect this to get through because they have no principles, so it doesn't matter. Can you imagine if Bill Barr, the attorney general under Trump, the minute he leaves office, starts hosting a fundraiser, say for Rudy Giuliani, if Giuliani's running for president, oh. can you imagine? They would go, they'd be apoplectic. Yep. The leftists would be like, this is crazy. <laughs> da, da, da. They, would, they would want the guillotine <laughs> back off with their heads. Yeah. They would be apoplectic. Never. And then when you say to them like, Okay, um, I agree with you. That may not be right. But did you say anything when Andy Weissman hosted this fundraiser or was a guest at a fundraiser for Joe Biden? That's different. That's different. Just like the quid pro quo is different, even though it didn't happen. And Biden's on tape in an actual quid pro quo. These people have no. Why are we negotiating with them? You guys can have California and New York. Take it. It's my former home. I love it. California is beautiful. We used to go out to L.A. all the time. But, but there's no saving it. There is no saving it. We'll stick with Texas, the South, Wyoming, Utah, and places where, where sane people, you know, aren't subjected to insane people's rantings. It's over. I'm really sorry. It's over. We can call ourselves the United States. I'm not suggesting any kind of like armed revolution. I know like the media matters, lunatics love to, you know, generate fake quotes. That's what they do for a living. I'm not suggesting any of that. I'm simply suggesting to you that we should just do our thing. We should shrink the federal government, have a national military, and just go back to the constitutional role of the federal government. That's it. Nothing else. Because it's a total waste of time. Why we're allowing these California liberals and politicians with no principles to have control over what we do in Florida and free states like Texas is beyond me. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. I got more, a lot more today, including the story next, which is really a sad story. I'm not messing with you. It's just worth your time. Uh, before we get to that, today's show brought to you by our friends at Vincero. Folks, you've, Joe, do you have your Vincero? I didn't even tell you. I, I usually tell Joe before Vincero. Look at this. This is the, their altitude. I always, I, I wear this one when I have a black t-shirt on. I wear this one. This is the black altitude. It's my personal favorite. I also like the Chrono S. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not kidding. I get compliments on this watch all the time. Not a joke, not some like ridiculous pitch. I do because it's a beautiful watch. And frankly, I think the altitude S screams manhood. It looks very like GI Joe to me. I love it. It's my favorite. The brown with the blue face. Yeah, You have yours, Joe? Yeah, man. I got it. I got that. Joe's got yeah. his. You can, Joe's got an altitude too with the green band. This is the black. You'll see yep. me wearing that. They're one of my favorite sponsors. It's a, you see me wear it every day. I love it. It's incredible looking watches at an incredible price point. Seriously, these watches are stunning and well under $200. I get compliments all the time. So does my wife. You got a picture of, of you, Paula? You can show the audience with your Vincero because they make beautiful women's watches too. There you go. The beautiful Miss Paula. You can watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. Check her out. There's a watch in that picture. Oh my gosh. Check that out. During this time, they continue to <laughs> date night tomorrow. I'm sorry, folks. It's Friday. It's been a long wait. During this time, they continue to do right by their buyers at Vincero. These guys just know how important it is to shop from brands you can trust. Go check out their watches at VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino. It's V-I-N-C-E-R-O, watches.com slash Bongino. Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. They have over 21,000 five-star reviews. Go read them. If you don't take my word for it, go read the reviews. You won't find a better-made watch for this good of a price anywhere. Stop wasting money on these ridiculous, overpriced brands that do not, they don't even look as good as this watch. It's embarrassing. This is the best value for your money guaranteed. They have 20% off everything on the website. Uh, none of their new items are off limits. They have brand new watch collections you need to see for yourself and are online now. Check out this altitude. You'll love it. The Chrono S is beautiful too. They're shipping all orders directly from their local U.S. distributors and delivering all orders on time, no delays. They want to get you a product as quickly as possible. Support Vincero during this time as they continue to support the Dan Bongino Show. Go shop Vincero. The deal is really too good to pass up. Go to VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino. Don't pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of their sale and get up to 20% off your order. You got a special Father's Day sale today. Father's Day sale. Get your dad or the man in your life this gift. VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino. 20% off your entire order. All right. There you go. Tight. Love this watch. So, you know, we've heard from the Wuhan virus, which, by the way, uh, hack Democrat senator and um, presidential failure. 
Kamala Harris from California <laughs> wants to make a, well, we put a piece of legislation calling the Wuhan virus. If you call the Wuhan virus from China, the Wuhan virus from China, if you call it that, uh, you're a racist. So uh, again, the Streisand effect, that's only going to motivate more people to call the Wuhan virus from China, the Wuhan virus from China. But Kamala Harris thinks that's a big success as if we're actually going to listen to what Kamala Harris says. But having said that, the lock it down or we're all going to die crowd is frequently miscalculated. I've said to you, uh, this this important axiomatic truth from the beginning, and I, I don't want, and it's because I don't want you to fall into the trap simpletons on the left do with their dopey talking points. What's been their talking point from the left? You can't put a price on human life. Not one single life is worth losing to this, no matter what we do, folks. Listen, I'm I'm really sorry, um, and I know we're monitored by deranged leftists who love to get sound bites and misinterpret them. But if, if seriously, if that's the way you think, please don't ever become a public servant or a policymaker who would impact the lives of others. Because what you're saying has no basis in reality whatsoever. Are you suggesting, let's go with the first one first. You can't put a price on human life. I, I don't. You do. I can't make this point to you enough. Human beings put a price on their own lives every day. Please argue. Uh, you're free to send me an email. If anything I'm saying here offends you and you think it sounds insensitive, challenge it. I will read your emails. Do you not take your life in your hands if you work in a construction job? Construction is the most dangerous profession in America. Do you know that? Huh. There's no question construction workers are engaged in a highly dangerous profession. What about people who clean roofs? It's super dangerous. People fall off roofs all Some of them die. I had a Secret Service friend, woman who fell off a roof, who was basically nearly incapacitated for six months. People fly in airplanes. There's a danger. It's a small danger, but it's real. We just had a Pakistani plane crash, passenger plane. People drive in cars, which are actually more dangerous overall vehicular traffic than plane traffic. Yeah. Why do you do that? Uh, folks, again, I'm not messing with you. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm asking you a genuine question. I'd love for you to respond. Why do that? If there is no risk to your life that's acceptable, none, then mitigate all risk, lock yourself in your house, chain yourself up, cook your own food so nobody poisons you. What are you doing over there? What's going on? No, you're distracting me. All right. if, if, if Cook your own food to make sure nobody puts the norovirus in your food or sneezes on your food. Disinfect and boil your own water. You could get sick. There could be a cholera outbreak and you're five minutes too late. Why don't you do any of that? Why don't 50% of Americans get a flu shot? The answer is because they don't want to. Because they've gauged the risk. I could get the flu and die. Or I could go to the local CVS or Walgreens and get a flu shot. I don't feel like it. I'll take the risk. I don't put a risk on your life every day, a price. You do. The question is, how much of a price? So when we do things like shutting down the entire economy, which inflicted a massive, potentially generational price, bankrupting potentially tens of millions of Americans, we're assuming the risk has to be really high, right? Again, just using simple logic like we used in the Biden segment, I'm asking you to think rationally. For the Democrats listening, I'm not messing with you. If you're in willing to inflict a massive price on your life, like bankrupting your business, you would only do that, correct, if the risk is high. Why don't you shut down your restaurant for, you know, the common cold, the flu, or even down here in Florida? We had a hepatitis, was it hepatitis, Paula? We had a hepatitis outbreak in Martin County down here. What is it? A year or two years ago. They didn't shut down a bit. Why? That could be dead. People died. Why didn't they do it? Because they said to themselves, that's a really high price for a risk that's relatively low. Why did we do none of that here? What, what's unreasonable about that question? Why was none of that done here? Why was the price risk calculation thrown out the window and we engaged in across the board shutdowns, across the extended ones? I get it initially when we didn't understand the risk. Now we do. Why are economies shut down based on a risk we know to normal, um, speaking of health, not normal speaking of anything else, 
But normally healthy people under the age of 60, the risk is minimal that you will die from this. It's still serious, not a joke. People under 60 have had long, uh, longstanding health ramifications, but this chance of death is, is infinitesimally small. Why did we bankrupt tens of millions of Americans? Now to the set, so I hope we totally eviscerated that ridiculous talking point. You can't put a price on human life. Your answer should always be, I don't, you do. The governor of New York says that, Andrew Cuomo. Yet he's the governor. I was in the Secret Service. When you take on a high-profile position like that, Joe, wouldn't you agree? I've spoken to you about this off camera. Mm. You get a lot of death threats. Oh, yeah. That's unacceptable, Joe. No. What is he doing? He's putting a price on his own life. He should resign tomorrow. Change his name. Wear a mask, a Groucho Marx mask and a hat. Agreed. There'd be no risk. No one would figure out where he lives. Change your address, Andrew. Why doesn't he do that? Because he's put a price on his life. He's put a price on his own life. He's willing to accept that risk and he, that he deems that risk small enough that he's willing to pay the price of being a public figure and accepting the fact that he's going to become a target of some psycho. Not me. He did it. But on this second point, we can't risk one human life. What? Does that even make sense? So why doesn't that apply to anything else? The, again, that local example. The hepatitis outbreak they had down here a couple of years ago killed the people died. Not a lot, but people died. Why didn't they shut down all of Florida? I'm just asking if that makes sense. If you're a logical human being, well, not one life can be risked. Why didn't you shut the state of Florida down with the hepatitis outbreak? The answer is because the price you would have paid is ridiculous in association with the risk you're talking about. That's why. Now, what's the story that troubled me so much and should trouble you too? Look at the story in the Washington Examiner. The show notes are a must read today, by the way, between the Lee Smith article I'm going to get to and this. Bongino.com slash newsletter. That is my show notes, the newsletter. We'll send you this every day. Please sign up. Andrew Mark Miller, Washington Examiner. This is not, this is, folks, this is, this isn't like a, let me just read the headline because it's a really disturbing story and I don't want to mischaracterize anything. California doctors say they've seen more deaths from suicide than coronavirus since lockdowns. Folks, I don't like to talk about it a lot because I don't like to get too emotional on the show. It's, you know, it's just, it's not good. But having, unfortunately, recently and throughout my whole life been impacted by people, friends, and your relatives either threatening suicide or taking and carrying out the act. I mean everything from build jumping off buildings to hanging themselves. I mean, did you think about it? Did, 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 did any of this, did any of this go through your mind when you decided to bankrupt people, destroy their livelihoods, take away their pride, their dignity, everything, make them wait on food lines? The fact that people are killing themselves, does that bother you at all? Or, or as I said on yesterday's show, when I was very angry, and I'm going to try to contain myself a bit today on this. Are you so driven by deranged political ambition to wipe out your nemesis, Donald Trump, that you just don't care how many people hang themselves, shoot themselves, jump off buildings, overdose on drugs, how many businesses are bankrupt, that you just don't care? And if that is you, And you don't want to win an honest election. You want to lock down the economy because you think you'll make political impact on Donald Trump. I'm not kidding when I ask you this. Do you understand how sick of a sociopath that makes you? Do you really, do you, can you look at your children and honestly say you're a decent person? You know, one of the more, deeply impactful moments of my life was when I thought I was a really good guy in the secret service. And I wasn't at times. I did some bad things. And I talked to a friend of mine who was a deeply religious fellow, a nice guy, Fred. And he asked me once, you think you're going to heaven? I said, sure, I'm a good guy. And he handed me a book uh, by Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ. Changed my life. It really did. Because it made me ask that very hard question. Are you a decent person? And sometimes the answer isn't what you want to hear. If you hate Trump so much that you don't care that people are hanging themselves and killing themselves, 
due to the economic destruction imposed upon by a policy you support now only because it damages your political opponent? There's no evidence these things have worked to curtail this virus at all. You're a deeply troubled person. You need to pick up that book and read it because you have problems way, way beyond politics. All right, moving on. Um, I was asked yesterday by many people, I was getting to, I was applying to Bongino rules. So this is important. The, um, in the Spygate case, we've got some new information. We get to Lee Smith's article in a minute, but declassifications by the great Rich, Rick Rennell, who is the acting DNI, and now John Ratcliffe, who's been confirmed by the Senate, former congressman from Texas, is going to take over as a full-time director of national intelligence. He's going to do a great job too. They've been declassifying information by the boatloads. And another tactical nuke on the battlefield of the Spygate narrative was dropped. We finally have uh, the EC in relatively unredacted form. What is that? Why does it matter? We already know what Spygate is. The FBI spied on Trump with the paid dossier by Hillary. You no, know, the Obama team obviously at this point knew about it. Mike Flynn was part of that because his name is in the dossier. We've always had a hard time getting our mitts on the EC, which is the document used. EC stands for electronic communication to open up a case in the FBI. To be clear on how it works, to open up a case, get a case number, you need some kind of predication. I can't just open up an FBI case on Joe Armacost without showing I've gone through certain stages, an initial investigation. I've established some predication. In other words, I have some evidence Joe Armacost is involved in a crime, committed a crime, or was some kind of a witness to a crime, or is a counterintelligence threat. Everybody clear? Yeah. You can't just willy-nilly open up a case. So we've always been curious in the Spygate case. Well, what the heck was the predication for the Spygate case if it wasn't the dossier? Because they don't have anything. So now we have it, and it's just fascinating. I want to point out this one specific part. Forgive me, I forget where I got this. Uh, so many great Twitter accounts. Again, I talk about the Walk of Fire, Rosie Memos, uh, Climate Audit, Undercover Huber, Technofog, the Last Refuge guys. Um, they all do good work. We disagree about some stuff, but there's a lot of entrepreneurial posts. I don't know where I got this specific screenshot, so forgive me. You know I always had to. But this is the EC, and I want you to pay very close attention to this last line. They're talking about the information. I'm not going to read the whole thing. All you need to know is they're talking about the tip they got from Downer for being a reason. The tip they got from this Australian diplomat Downer about his conversation with George Papadopoulos. It says it was clear from the conversation, the LEGAT, LEGAT stands for legal attache. It's basically an FBI agent overseas. It was clear from the conversation, uh, LEGAT blank, they redacted his name, had with the DCM, the deputy chief of mission in London that received the tip from Downer that redacted new and that follow-up by the U.S. government would be necessary. But extraordinary efforts should be made to protect the source of the information until such a time that a request from our organization can be made to, to obtain this information through formal chat, to obtain this information through formal channels. Paula, you have that page testimony? I sent that to you. I forgot to include it and run that. Yeah, what have I been telling you? What have I been telling you for the last three years now? That EC, ladies and gentlemen, you're not picking up what I'm putting down. I can tell. I can almost read all your minds. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> that we They're basically saying this. We got a tip from London about this George Papadopoulos downer meeting that happened in London, but we have to find a way to massage it and appear like it came through formal channels. Folks, this is a parallel construction theme. It's always been one. Scheme, not theme. The FBI realizes at this point, they're opening a case. They already have the dossier. It's July 31st of 2016. They already have it. There's an FBI agent in London by the name of Gata who's talking with Steele three weeks earlier on July 5th. They already have the dossier. Someone in the FBI is very simple, figures out that, gosh, we're going to have to have a reason to open this case. We can't say it's because of this dossier because we can't verify any of it. How do we know we can't verify it? Because none of it was verified. We have their own Woods file saying it's not verified. Tell me you're following me here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They can't say in this EC, we use this dossier paid for by Hillary. So they make up this story. Well, it's not made up. They there was really a tip from the Australian downer. They, through the London embassy and through the FBI agent in London, the league at that this conversation with Papadopoulos happened. But the tip is garbage. It's junk and they know it. So they, can you put that up again? So they leave this line at the end. They, they tell you what they're going to do. Basically, let's reconstruct this tip through formal channels so we don't have to give up what the information and where we got it from really is. 
And that's what the dossier and their information stream becomes. A way to reconstruct this, this hoax that Papadopoulos is, is some kind of a international spy and he gave up the goods to Downer. That's what they use steel for later on. You get the, the rope-a-dope? Mm-hmm. The case starts because of the dossier in early July. They don't want to say that. So they pretend they don't have it. They say they didn't get the dossier until September, after July. They still want to open up a case, but they have no reason. All of a sudden, somebody figures out, hey, let's make up this story about how devastating this Papadopoulos downer me. Remember they told us about that? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Let's open it up because of that. But then let's hide the source and then reconstruct it. That's what they did. They reconstructed the case with the dossier and tried to make that go away until the dossier totally fell apart. And then they leaked to the media. No, no, we did it all because of Papadopoulos. It's a rope-a-dope made to make you look like a fool. Look at the Lisa Page testimony, the FBI lawyer. Brennan's the one, the CIA, feeding the FBI information, trying to reconstruct this thing. So Lisa Page has asked, hey, did you know the CIA had this information? She says, uh, you know, I know that. I know it came from a lot of places. But if the CIA as early as August had the same reports, I'm not aware of that. Nor do I believe they provided them to us. And that would be unusual. The Bureau has the dossier. They think the dossier is real or some semblance of it is real because they're being fed bogus information by Brennan, who's just feeding them the same information and pretending it comes from somewhere else. Folks, parallel construction. I get a tip about Joe that's fake that he robbed the bank, but I want to arrest Joe. I know the tipster's lying. What do I do? I go pay another tipster to tell me the same story, even though it came from the tipster we knew was lying. And then I just throw him away and use the new tipster. That's what happened. They they wrote it out. This is obviously a parallel construction scheme. All right. Loaded Newsday. More. I got more on that in a minute, but I want to get back and forth between articles. This is really important. On the Mike Flynn case, DOJ tried to throw the case out. Mike Flynn did not lie. We now know that. It's now conclusive. Mike Flynn should sue the government as soon as possible for malicious prosecution. We have the interview with Sidney Powell, of course, up on my YouTube right now. Please listen to it. It's really, really good. General Flynn's attorney. She was fantastic on the interview. A couple of big nuggets in there. You're not going to want to miss in this case. We actually talk about this. Judge uh, Judge Sullivan in the case, who has been terrible, accused Mike Flynn of being a traitor with no evidence whatsoever to back that up. Uh, Judge Sullivan will not allow them to throw this case out. Uh, which is bizarre because Judge Sullivan is the judge, not the prosecutor. Someone should tell him that. So the attorney for General Flynn, Sidney Powell, filed a writ of mandamus asking that the case be thrown out and that the circuit court take a look at this. The circuit court handed back a devastating ruling, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to get to the two quick nuggets on it here. Uh, If you could put up the photo of that order quickly. Again, thanks for the highlights, the Twitter folks out there. They ordered on the court's own motion that within 10 days of the day of this order, the district judge file a response addressing the petitioner's request that this court order the district judge to grant the government's motion to dismiss. Let me translate that. There's two takeaways here. So just to be clear what happened, Judge Sullivan says, we're not throwing this case out, although he has no authority to do that. Even though the DOJ refuses to prosecute now because there is no case. Sidney Powell, uh, General Flynn's attorney, says to the circuit court, we need you to look at this. They looked at it. The circuit court ordered the judge first to personally respond by June 1st, personally. Now, I am not an attorney and I don't, you know, I didn't stay at Holiday Inn Express last night. I don't play one on TV either, but I do know some competent people, Leslie McAdoo, Margot Cleveland, Undercover Hubert, Techno, which seemed to have vast legal experience, Andy McCarthy, who has said, uh, many of them have said, this is very unusual. In other words, that the courts wanted the judge to personally respond is strange, which says to me that someone's getting a big time legal smackdown. Judge Sullivan personally respond. Also, the date, it's not a coincidence. They want him to respond by June 1st. Why does that matter? They gave him 10 days. In other words, uh, you better get back to us. Stat, why does the 10 days matter? Because remember what the judge had done prior. This is like a Matlock episode. Judge Sullivan, who has been entirely off base in this whole case. Judge Sullivan allowed third parties to file briefs in support of not closing this case. Unheard of. It's not even uh, authorized by the rules. 
because of the, the Fokker case. That's the real name. Nine nothing, Supreme Court. You can't invite third parties to argue against the government in a criminal case. Those briefs were due by, uh, uh, by June 10th. Excuse me, June 10th. Did I say July? June 10th. You get it, Joe? The judges, the, 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 the circuit court judges who smacked down Judge Sullivan said, we don't even care about your June 10th briefs that you're asking for. Yeah. You're going to respond to us before that on June 1st. Yeah. They, didn't even, they didn't even let him file the briefs. <laughs> this is not good for the judge and bowls very well. Um, just it's a three-judge panel that ordered him to respond. Judge Henderson, Wilkins, and Rao. Rao is a Trump appointee. Very good. Wilkins, an Obama appointee. Henderson, a George H.W. Bush appointee. But I've heard um, is good as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on that. All right. I teased this yesterday. You know, before I get to that, let me get to my final sponsor. But I teased this terrific article yesterday. I rarely post clips from an article this long. I'm going to win a minute on this tablet mag piece from Lee Smith because it is an eye opener. And it's something we've been focused on in this show for well over three years now. Our final sponsor, our friends at Magic Spoon. We just got a new one. This one's not open yet, right? We just got a new supply of Magic Spoon. It is our new favorite food in the house. Growing up, a cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, right? But you had to give it up. Listen, a lot of cereals, you look at the, the side, the uh, nutrition facts on the sides, a lot of sugar and a lot of junk that candidly you really shouldn't be eating. We're health nuts here. Even my daughter's a big workout buff. We don't eat anything like you can put in your body that's garbagey. We just don't do it. But- Magic Spoon came on board a while ago, and this has become a new personal favorite. We just had to make a new uh, order. I think, what did you get, five boxes or four? Four. So this one's not opened yet. It has zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It has four flavors, cocoa, fully uh, fruity, uh, frosted, and blueberry. This one is my daughter's favorite, the fruity. Absolutely loves it. I throw some protein powder in a bowl. I eat it myself. It's really great. It tastes amazing. That is not uh, that is not hyperbole on my part. It is too. It if this is too good to be true, it is true. This is the real deal. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. Blueberry, I like frosted. I like the cocoa. My daughter prefers. She's the fruity, right, Amelia? And Isabel likes the blueberry. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. You'll be addicted. And be sure to use our promo code Bongino at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it backs with 100%. It's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. You ain't sending this stuff back. Trust me. You're going to go order more the minute after you finish the box. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Use the code Bongino for free shipping. Magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Code Bongino for free shipping. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. And thank you, all of you, who, after we did our initial read for Magic Spoon, bought it, loved it, and emailed me. I told you. I wasn't messing with you. Stuff is that good. Okay. Uh, moving on. So Lee Smith, I teased this article yesterday, uh, who's a terrific writer, has a great book uh, about the, the whole Spygate fiasco. Lee Smith wrote a lengthy piece in Tablet Mag that is so, so worth your time. I have two. If you're interested this weekend in grabbing a cup of Joe and spending 20 minutes in a really, really good piece, there's two of them. This one here uh, by Lee Smith, how Russiagate began with Obama's Iran deal domestic spying campaign. And there's one more I have in the show notes by uh, Eli Lake, who, again, I don't share everything in common with Politically, but did an amazing piece. It's in my show notes in Commentary Magazine on the Flynn fiasco. I can assure you, you read these two pieces, the one on your screen, the Lee Smith piece and the Eli Lake piece, both in the show notes, you will be 100% informed on the Flynn case. They leave nothing out and it is both, they're both devastating. Why is this particular piece though so critical? Folks, if you're a regular listener of my show and you have been for the last couple of years, I told you in, gosh, I think episode 629, I'm sure audience archivist Judy will pick it out for us. It is in the 600s. We're now on episode 1257. I was living in a different house. That Mike Flint, this, the case is called Spygate, not Trumpgate, because the Obama administration had been spying on their political opponents for a long time. Trump was a casualty, not the cause of this operation. And public enemy number one for Barack Obama was always Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn did a lot of things as an intelligence professional in the Obama administration. He was head of the DIA. That really bothered Barack Obama. Lee Smith's piece encompasses basically all of them. And it's he writes just so wonderfully about it. Let me go to two takeaways. Remember what the headline is. Forget Lee's headline. It's a good one. But Dan Bongino headline. 
Why the heck did Barack Obama hate Mike Flynn so much? To spy on him repeatedly and frame him using his weaponized law enforcement apparatchiks. Let's go to takeaway number one. I'm going to read this paragraph because it's just so critical. Lee Smith Tablet. Quote, influential senior officers like Generals David Petraeus and Stanley McChrystal credited Mike Flynn for collecting the intelligence that helped defeat al-Qaeda in Iraq in 2007. In 2012, he was named DIA chief. The next year, Flynn secured access for a team, pay attention here, Flynn secured access for a team of DIA analysts to scour through the documents that had been captured during the 2011 operation to kill Osama bin Laden. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we have, well, let's establish a couple facts for the liberals that have a tough time with this here. Facts, you know, uh, things that require an IQ above double digits. Obama's team, or the, you know, I, I, it, it's a fact. Obama was the president. They ordered the uh, killing of bin Laden. Uh, that's just a fact, indisputable fact. How it got there, the politics of it, I'm not, we're just doing facts. After the raid and the killing of bin Laden, a treasure trove of documents were found. In those documents was some rather disturbing material. Some rather disturbing material that Mike Flynn found extra disturbing. So as DIA chief, he ordered the Defense Intelligence Agency there to go through those documents and he tasked a team with doing it. Why would Obama be angry about that? It was the result of a raid he ordered. Joe, fair question, right? Fair enough. If it's a treasure trove, what's Obama's problem? I mean, Obama should be out celebrating this. We got bin Laden. I'm the commander in chief. Not only we get bin Laden, we got a treasure trove of valuable intel to prevent future attacks. This is great. But it wasn't great. Obama didn't like that. He didn't want anybody probing through those documents. Why? Oh, this gets good. Back to Lee Smith's piece. Quote, the bin Laden database was unorganized, said a former senior DIA official. There'd been very little work on it. Really? There'd been very little work on it since it was first captured. The CIA had done machine word searches to identify immediate threats, but they didn't study it for future trends or any strategic insight. Flynn, General Flynn, arranged for a team from U.S. Central Command based in Tampa, Florida, to come up to Washington. The subject of their investigation was a potentially sensitive one. We were looking for ties between Al-Qaeda and Iran. Oh, you were, says Michael Pregen, a former Army intel officer who was working on the bin Laden documents as a contractor. Quote, we're arguing with everyone, NSA, whoever else, telling them what we wanted. And they kept saying, there's nothing there. We already went through it. The CIA and others were looking for immediate threats. Well, we said we're DIA. We're all source analysts and we want everything to get a full picture. This is everything. General Michael Flynn, American patriot and hero, was an opponent of this Iran deal from the start, which was going to be Obama's signature foreign policy achievement to reorganize the Middle East and the locus of power away from Israel and Saudi Arabia and back to Shia Iran. That was Obama's goal. You can argue about his motives all day. That's not the subject of this direct inquiry here. We're doing the facts. Obama wanted the Iran deal. He wanted to reorder the Middle East. He wanted to move the locus of power away from Israel and Saudi Arabia. Again, argue about his motives all day. Flynn knew this was potentially extremely dangerous for the national security of the United States to engage in any kind of a relationship with a regime whose motto is death to America. He opposes the Iran deal. Obama orders the hit on bin Laden. We hit bin Laden. We get these documents. Apparently, from what I'm hearing, in these documents are some extremely suspicious ties between Al-Qaeda and Iran. A connection, if exposed to Mike Flynn's DIA team, that would have done what? Would have absolutely decimated any hope that the Iran deal was going to come to fruition because then the terrorists that they really are would have been fully exposed by a connection to Al-Qaeda that the Obama administration couldn't explain away. Mike Flynn was asking questions. Mike Flynn was seeking answers. Nobody wanted the answer to in the Obama administration. Nobody. So they fired him. And then when Mike Flynn came out and all of a sudden became a supporter of Donald Trump out on the campaign trail, and there was some talk he could be a VP candidate. Remember that talk? Yeah. 
All of a sudden, Mike Flynn became an existential threat to Barack Obama's signature foreign policy achievement, the dreadful Iran deal. Mike Flynn was public enemy number one from the start. That's why this case is called Spygate and not Trumpgate. Folks, please read this Lee Smith piece. It is absolutely worth your time. Speaking of Spygate, um, my patience is worn very thin, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you could tell by yesterday's show where I was noticeably upset. I try not to do that too often, but my patience is worn thin with politicians in Washington, D.C. There are some good people up there. Um, there are. I'm, I'm, I don't stereotype based on uh, you know, bad information, like unfortunately a lot of liberals do with us. But unfortunately, the good people up there are very few. Um, I can vouch for a couple of them of being relatively decent human beings who do the right thing. But Tucker Carlson brought up some hard truths this week on his show. He brought up the fact that this whole Spygate scandal was known about by Republicans early on. And this whole Mueller fiasco investigating a collusion hoax, everybody knew was a hoax. Now we know Weissman, who's doing fundraisers with Joe Biden. We knew that was a hoax too. So Joe, simple question. Mm -hmm. If Republicans up in Congress, especially leadership, mm -hmm. if they knew from the start that Spygate happened, that the president was spied on illicitly by the outgoing administration and one of the most disgusting acts of political malfeasance in US history, if they knew that and they knew collusion was a hoax, why did they let all of this continue? Good question. The answer is, sadly, yeah, it is a good question because many of them are, in fact, spineless and are part of the problem. As I've said to you repeatedly, I am not going to argue to you anymore that the Republicans are a, are a solution to all your problems. I'm not. All I can argue to you is I vote Republican down the line because the cause of all your problems is most certainly Democrats, and we live in an imperfect world, and those are two imperfect choices. This is a little bit lengthy. It's about two minutes. I don't usually play clips this long. It's from Max Evans on Twitter. He put together this little montage. And for those of you audio listeners only, a video you'll see at youtube.com slash Bongino. But for audio only, it is a montage of Republicans like Trey Gowdy, Mitch McConnell, and Lindsey Graham being confronted about why they've done nothing on this. The montage starts with Tucker Carlson asking the hard questions. Like, why the hell did you let this happen? Play this cut. Do you know anybody who trusts the government anymore? There's a reason for that. And by the way, it's not just Democrats you should blame. The vast majority of the Russian collusion investigation occurred during the first two years of this administration. Who ran the government then? At the time, Republicans controlled both houses of Congress and every single committee by definition. They had the power to expose this hoax and to shut it down, but they did not. It's Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and Richard Burr and so many of the other useless Senate Republicans. Total phonies. They didn't really do anything. Richard to Burr. Uh, he is calling uh, Don Trump Jr. back. Yes. Senator Burr, who's well-respected, he doesn't want to be lied to. He wants to get to the bottom of what happened. And Republican Senator Richard Burr had served the president's son with a subpoena. Can you explain why the Republican would want to do that? Gowdy disputes Trump's spy claim. No, I think Gowdy's appearance was disgraceful. According to Gowdy, the FBI ran it by the book how the Americans would have wanted them to run the investigation. Really? Give, give me a break. You said, I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what Americans would want them to do. There was no spy. Have you seen any evidence of that? I have not. That's I would think you would want the FBI to find out whether or not there was any validity to what those people were saying. The FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do. He says the FBI did exactly what we should want them to do. The number one question I get asked from Americans is why no one has gone to jail and been held accountable. It was Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy that wouldn't give us that subpoena power. We didn't send out a single subpoena, not one. I supported the Mueller investigation because I didn't know. Senator, we're talking about a shredding of constitutional law due process that we would ever have. You say that Mueller's a good guy, right? That's been my experience, yes. And you'll do anything necessary to protect him from being uh, interfered with? Uh, absolutely. Well, and it's got, all been there. Where's Director Ray, though? I've got a lot of people yelling at me tonight. He's not doing his job. And you'll do anything necessary to protect him? Uh, absolutely. Somebody that every American should trust. Mr. Mueller. Bob Mueller, it was an excellent appointment. He, he will go wherever the facts lead him. He will have great uh, credibility. People want you to move on this, Senator. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah, but I've told you and I'll tell you again. Total phonies who tell you they're representing you, but don't. 
explain why they didn't really do anything to stop the derailment of America while it was in progress. Wow. I tweeted that out. I think it's well over a million views now. So it's Friday. I don't want to leave you on a bad note. You say, okay, great, Dan. So the Republicans have let us down too, but you still vote for them. Yeah, I do. It's an imperfect world. I've just told you why. I don't expect them to solve my problems. They're not going to. Matter of fact, they probably cause a lot of problems too. But the cause of all my problems are the Democrats. So given two fallible, terrible choices, I'll pick the less terrible one. You want to die by chainsaw? You want to die by, uh, you know, fly? I mean, really, if two bad choices, I'll, I'll skip the chainsaw moment, right? I say that because there is a future and there is a solution. The solution is this. One, we have a primary process. And secondly, the solution is to shrink their power over us. Because these are fallible, terrible people who make awful decisions all the time, not in your interest, but in their own. The reason they didn't do anything about the Spygate scandal is because they're cowards. There's no other reason. They didn't have the guts to do anything about it. It's as simple as that. They knew it was fake. Don't, don't, don't elaborate on it any more than you need to. Solutions don't elect cowards. And if you do elect cowards, which happens often because we don't have a choice sometime, make these cowards powerless. Let them control so little things over your life. Get, let's get our government back to a constitutional function that most of your life is left in your hands, the non-cowards. The working American entrepreneurs, moms, dads, cops, firefighters, architects, pilots, people who make it truckers, electricians. I love the new tin knockers, steam fitters, as my brother always said, you guys and ladies out there, you make this country work. You have the power. There's a conflict of visions, as Thomas Sowell said. They want you, these, these cowardly people, morons, not bright people like Joe Biden, the Lord over your life. That's why we want to shrink government. Let them do little things. We'll take care of the rest. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't miss me on the five today on Fox, five o'clock PM Eastern time. I'll be co-hosting over there. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, please check out our Sydney Powell interview as well, available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and on Bongino.com. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Bongino, all free. Just click that subscribe button. Doesn't charge, doesn't cost anything. They're not going to charge you a dime. Thanks for all your support this week. We appreciate it. We'll see you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.